0: Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth, and that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth, the difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Oh my goodness. I'm excited about being with my guest today. First of all, I love this woman for who she is. And then I love her for what she does and how she does it. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed to know her. Our guest this time is Madeline Warren, and she's going to be talking with you about internal family systems, IFS. So introducing some of you to this system to this process to this gift that we have as human beings a little bit about madeline um Her initials behind her name are L-M-F-T and L-C-P-C. She'll tell us what all that means. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical professional counselor. That's what it means. She's certified in IFS. Yes, she is and uses it, honey. The woman is wonderful. Been doing it for about 15 years. Currently in private practice in Evanston, Illinois. Y'all need to be looking at her if you're feeling fragmented. Mm-hmm. She's one of the people who you can go with. Um, she sees individuals and couples. In addition to her clinical work, Madeline provides individual supervision and consultation and runs two IFS online consultation groups. To for new IFS therapists. And I want you, haven't studied it myself. Believe me, you need it. It is not that easy, but it is so powerful. So that's, you know, there are more things about Madeline that I can say. I'm not going to take up time. I am so glad to have you gifting us with your wisdom and your energy today. Welcome, Madeline.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Gloria. And the feeling is very mutual. I, From the moment I met Gloria through a mutual friend of ours, I just adore you, your energy. And thank you for doing this podcast. I can see you just reaching people at a time when we need community and inspiration and truth. My God, do we need truth. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. thank you, Gloria, for what you do. <laughs> mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So let's talk
0: about IFS um, mm-hmm. and what it is and how it got started, a little bit of the history.
1: So the founder of IFS is Richard Schwartz, PhD, and he's part of a science family, doctors and very professional people. So he went into the mental health field. Um, He was at Purdue University, and then he went on to the Illinois Juvenile Research Institute, which was actually a very hot spot for lots of cool research you probably couldn't even do these days, (laughs) many Mm -hmm. years ago, Uh, part of the University of Illinois. And during that time, he started working with a very difficult population of eating disordered folks. And as we know, there can be a lot of um, regression, you know, people who may like look like they're getting better and then have lots of relapses. So he is a family therapist. That's how he was trained. Mm-hmm. And he has a PhD. So he started to notice that these uh, people, these clients he would work with, would say things like, you know, one part of me just wants to binge. And then after I do it, I've got another part of me that just starts screaming at me and shaming me. And then I feel so ashamed that I want to binge all over again. And so he started to listen to the fact that they were talking about parts. And suddenly one day he just thought, well, wonder if we could talk to these parts the way I talk to family members, because he was a very accomplished family therapist. He's written Mm -hmm. a book that's still being used in the field. And he started to do that. And he would say things like, well, so this part that wants you to binge, can it tell you more about that? And then he would say, that part would talk about it, and he'd say, well, how do you feel toward that part? And then usually something like, well, I hate that part. That part makes my life miserable. Huh. So I wonder if we could get that part that's yelling to step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we could just kind of get to know this part. Again, just like he would do with a family. He wouldn't let people scream at each other in his office, right? Yeah. Yeah. And little by little as he did that, at some point when he asked this question, this key question, how do you feel toward this part, he would start to get this answer that felt different than before. It was like calm and curious, and the answer was usually something like, well, I can understand that this part's working really hard. It seems to want something good for me, and I can appreciate that. And so he noticed from client to client, across gender, across ethnicity, that ultimately everyone seemed to have this calm core that he called self. Mm. It's in a lot of traditions, a lot of spiritual traditions, wise mind and Buddhism. But what was fascinating to the science guy, right, That that his own research, client to client to client – show that we do have this intact. And if we can just get these extreme parts to step back and get to know them with respect, we can find this calm core that can start to lead our internal family.
0: Oh my goodness. What you just said, if we can get to know them with respect. Yes. Madeline, Madeline. I'm just, I'm just so right now thinking what a precious thing that is to say, not only in understanding the parts in ourselves, getting to know them w- and loving them with respect. But how about if we got to know each other? Yes. Yeah, we're all part of the human family. How about if we did that? and Absolutely. With respect, and, and I'm going to say love, got to deal with one another. And what I love is you're saying just hold the space of validation. For people so powerful, all right. So, so tell me, what are some assumptions? Well, no, no. I, I want to know more about the model. So, what are the parts again?
1: Yeah. So he noticed that as he was getting to know parts, they seemed to fall in particular categories, and he ended up with three categories of parts because he recognized again that self was different than a part, mm-hmm. and self was a core. So the three kinds of parts that he noticed is that one group of parts he called managers, because as all of us notice, we have this way of needing to function day to day. So those are the parts of us that organize, keep us our planners, um, you know, think ahead, set goals. Um, And so those were manager parts. And then he also noticed that there's a group of parts that we all have that are more interested in things like autonomy, uh, soothing, comforting, relaxation, um joy. And not that it, we don't want to make distinctions like managers don't care about joy, but I remember a wonderful moment, a scene in Dead Poet Society. If you remember years ago, a Robin yes. Williams. Oh movie. my
0: goodness, yes. So
1: he had this beautiful teaching moment with all these prep school kids. And he looked at all of them and he said, You know, all of you are wanting to be lawyers and doctors and scientists, and those are wonderful vocations. Those are all necessary to sustain life. And those would be manager parts, Gloria. But mm. then Robin Williams, the teacher, went on to say, but music, poetry, love, creativity, <laughs> that's what we stay alive for. And, and those are the parts we call firefighter parts, and I'll explain that in a moment. I, I tend to like to call them soothers because I think sometimes firefighter can feel a little harsh. Thank but you. basically, those are the parts that if the managers get too much into The seriousness of life and get too far out there in trying to make everything work, but having no fun. If you can think about how we sometimes get there, the soothers, the firefighters come in and they say, no, we're going to pull the system back. We're going to go watch Netflix. We're going to go watch. (laughs) We're going to go have a cookie. We're going to go take a bath. We're, We're done here. We're done with all the seriousness, right? So those were parts that can often get polarized. They can get into conflicts with each other. So think about a perfectionist part. That would be a manager that's just trying to help Mm -hmm. by saying, if I'm really, really perfect, then I won't get judged or shamed by people on the outside because that happened when I was a kid. Yeah, And so they try really, really hard to be perfect. But at some point, that's so exhausting. It's so overwhelming that we have a firefighter part going, no, enough. I can't stand it. I need to just stop everything. I need to distract. Some firefighter parts will even get us sick. They will take us out so we can't even go to work. Mm. If that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but they're I, trying I to
0: protect us. But they're trying to yeah. protect us.
1: Yes. Okay. from to, So there, So basically he discovered managers and firefighters are kind of hinged together. Mm-hmm. They coexist in the system. And here's one of the basic premise of IFS. Every part has a good intention. There are no bad parts. There are only parts with extreme jobs, with bad jobs, if you will. Mm -hmm. And they only get to be bad jobs if the system went through enough difficult experiences where those managers or firefighters had to get more extreme, had to get stronger, So those are the two primary groups of what we call protective parts. And underneath that, we have what we call exiles. Those are our young child parts who carry burdens. So think about a perfectionist part protecting the burden of I'm bad If you get told enough times as a kid that you're no good and you did this wrong and you did that wrong, you begin to internalize shame, Mm. a sense of I'm bad. Mm. So the little child part inside carries that shame. And the manager, the protector, says, if I try to be perfect, then that little girl won't have to feel her burden of shame. I can keep that away from her. But if the manager works too hard, the firefighter comes in and says, Because that can also cause shame, right? If I'm just getting overwhelmed and I can't do it anymore. And then, so everybody's trying to protect that little burden of shame deep inside. So here's the other premise of IFS. If we can get permission from the protectors, managers, firefighters, to come down to meet this little exile and unburden it, help it release the shame that it carries, then the protectors can relax their roles. They don't have to work so hard. They can start to do what they're good at without having to be so extreme. And meanwhile, our child part, who is not shame, right, it carries a burden of shame. Once that's released, our child parts carry so much of our essence, Gloria, Mm -hmm, our creativity, mm -hmm. our playfulness. Mm -hmm. If you meet people whose child parts are uh, out there in positive ways, it's so wonderful to be with them. Right. Let me ask you a question. Yes.
0: Do you see people who are just having children for the first time?
1: Just having children for the first time. Yes. And i I tell you
0: why I asked that question. Because my children are grown and way grown. Yeah. But I'm thinking had I known this, it disturbs me when I see people that do and say hurtful things to their children. And sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes right. it's coming from a place of, I love you. I'm trying to help you be the best person you can be. Right. But it ends up that the child internalizes. Yes. And then something is broken within that child.
1: Yes, I hear. Um,
0: and so, you know, how wonderful would it be? I guess I'm imploring you to please, can you talk more to these people who have children for the first time? Yes. So they do not break them.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and I and what I noticed, Gloria as you say that as I immediately have compassion for both the child that's being slowly her burdened yes and the parent yes who is carrying their own burdens yes so I'm going to give you an example an old boyfriend of mine who did enjoy the parts work and and we worked on that together he would notice that he was really angry with his 7-year-old or actually I think it was 5 at the time because he w- the he wasn't he wasn't being good he was being mischievous and my boyfriend as the parent was very angry you and he he literally would feel violent in his head he never acted on it Gloria but Mm -hmm. he felt like I'm so angry and I said to him listen why don't you check in with what is that part so angry about what if you could follow that and Dick talks that as a trailhead If we suddenly feel a disproportionate response, reaction to someone, whether it's our kid or our friend or our boss, follow the trailhead. What inside of us is getting activated? And what he found, Gloria, was that when he was a kid, he tried to be the golden boy, the good kid. And he had a brother that was the mischievous kid. And the brother got a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. he was the golden kid who tried all the time to be good he never got to be just acting out and acting up like cutting up and so that part of him was furious about that
0: wow and
1: it, was, it was coming out at his child and, and once he got that once he got that. that that was it yeah he could shift that
0: yep. really what does yep. the shifting look like what is the sh- shifting what was that experience like for him do you know
1: Yeah, well, first of all, he was really startled to be able to actually follow that trailhead and get an answer. I mean, I think that's, for any of my clients or anyone that wants to use this work in daily life, that's that's right there a shift. Like, wow, there is a part that has an answer as to what's going on and why it's so angry right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when he could talk to that part, have some compassion for it, bring some self to that part, that part could relax and didn't have to feel like it was bad because it was angry. It was angry for a reason. That wasn't fun for him to have to always try to be good. So what he felt was a softening, Gloria. He didn't feel so locked up. And you can see that in people's body language when that shift happens. It's Mm like, oh. And then that question, well, how do you feel now toward this part that just wanted to not have to be so good all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, I can. I, I care about that part. I'm sorry it had to go through that. And when that part hears that from the inside, from himself, it relaxes, and it doesn't have to be so locked up and so mad. So, so those are some shifts. Yeah,
0: those are. Thank you for. Thank you for that. I, I'm thinking about when you said that about your friend's son and his reaction to them, to him. Yeah. I thought about, and I'm not a Bible scholar at all. But I remember this story. In fact, I spoke about it one time, about the prodigal son. And the thing that amazed me about the prodigal son was the brother who stayed and didn't go away was so angry when the brother that did go away came back. And the father was so angry with him. And he said something like, I've been here all along. He wouldn't go to a dinner. And I always had such compassion for him because I'm like, yes, you did stay. But honey, what is broken within you that you're not happy that your brother has returned? Right. Right, you know? exactly. That's, that's that's what I'm hearing. A trailblazer, you say? Is tra- that right? A
1: trailhead, yeah. The, the beginning of a trail that you can follow. A but trail- this is a trailblazing model to follow that trailhead, Gloria. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So, what are you? What are people saying? We're in the midst of so many different crises that we're going on in the world right now. Yes. Different pandemics that we're having. It's a lot of stuff. Yes. for people to deal with in their regular life now you have all this truly life threatening stuff that's going on what are some of the changes that you notice in some of the managers and I love I love your term soothers yeah um, and the exiles are you noticing any of that shifting
1: well, for one thing, I'm really normalizing with my clients that we're not going to try to do some of the deeper trauma recovery work that we've been doing before this happened. Because remember Maslow's theory of hierarchy of needs, if we're mm-hmm. down here at more survival, we're not going to be having so much luxury to do some of this proactive uh, work. So yeah. I'm really helping people just to, to just, as you said earlier, validation for mm. this is really hard. Our managers are working harder. I give examples of my own managers who are doing teletherapy. It's so much harder to work on Zoom, not have that energy in person. Mm. So my managers are working harder. They're getting exhausted, which means mm. that the soothing's upping. So I've been talking to clients about drinking more. They're, yeah. They are. And they're, they're doing a lot more soothing and they're, so just to, I starting with just normalizing that to just being able to talk to the overworked managers, to give them a lot of validation, um, to, uh, to acknowledge the soothers and their role in that. Um, so that's a lot of what I'm doing. I'm I'm just sitting with uh, grief. I mean, I think that's just work you do without even having to identify parts. Like, I don't want to say, well, what part is that? You know, because yeah. that's a little disrespectful. It's like, tell me what's happening. Mm -hmm. and what you're feeling. So while I, the IFS therapist, might be recognizing there's particular parts that are getting hopeless or despairing or angry, um, I'm not necessarily calling that out Mm -hmm. unless they're saying, I want to work on this because this is too much. I don't want to be so angry. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I'm doing a lot more just holding that space, Mm -hmm. listening with compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, That compassionate witnessing right now is just so important. And I have also been really talking to to people about just what are you digesting? How much news are you watching? Because they have some managers. I've got one client. Her manager won't let her sleep because oh. it's afraid it's going to miss something. I, you know, I, I'll be blindsided by some terrible thing that's going to happen. You know, in in the politics. So I was like, you know what? Can we talk to that part a little? Because they're so young, Glory. I mean, this is its idea. I won't miss anything if I stay up twenty four seven. I hear that, but maybe we could. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Like
0: it's not on a loop and plays every 30 to exactly 30 to 30 minutes. Okay. Exactly.
1: So I, we were just really, again, witnessing that part, acknowledging yeah. that it's so worried yeah. and seeing if it would let her sleep so she'd be more alert the next day. So I often feel like I'm talking to much younger parts, mm-hmm. and that's fine, you know, just to give them a lot of acknowledgement and reassurance and validation. So, yeah, I'm going to say that it's all, everything's just, more heated for sure. I want
0: to know more about IFS, but here's what's up for me right now. Mm -hmm. You're giving so much to help the rest of us. How do you take care of yourself, Madeline?
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful question, Gloria. And for all the therapists that might be watching, or we, I'm going to certainly send this to therapist friends Um, I, I really do a lot of, um, acknowledging that my own managers are just overworked and that I have this part that's just always, cause I'm a parentified child, Gloria, which for those that don't know that it means I took care of my mom, like our roles were reversed. So I already, as a kid had a great weight of responsibility. And one of the strategies that my manager parts learned early is I can make anything work whatever Mm -hmm. crisis, whatever, I can make it work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just been recognizing, you know what, I can't make this work by doing exactly what I've been doing. I can't see this many people a day that I could when they were in person. Yeah, I need to take more time off more frequently than I did before. And I'm really having to be with this part that's that feels like a failure, like I'm supposed to be able to do just what I did before because sure. that's what you do in a crisis. Mm. So it's definitely good I go to my own therapist who works with my helps me work with my parts. Uh, that's always an important thing for you know I walk my talk. I do that work.
0: Yes. Um,
1: I also meditate every day a little bit in the morning at night. That does I do my yoga stretching, and I do see my friends like as soon as they did outdoor uh, restaurants. I, I was on that. Like, let's do that just so yeah. we can have this nourishing interaction because it's not the same on the phone or online. I can mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you have it. Mm-hmm. But I'm an energy person, Gloria, and I think you are too. We're very kinesthetic. So yes. not get that energy back all day long mm-hmm. in such an intimate contact. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm losing a sense. I, I'm missing a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I suddenly can't see or hear. That's how that's how big it feels. Mm. So that's uh I, I think I'm grieving too and that and just being able to like acknowledge that, validate that, tell people about that. I'm about to write a message to my clients actually saying I'm gonna make a few changes. This is what I'm doing to take care of myself during the this time with teletherapy. And that's a way to name that and take care of myself.
0: You know, so, you mentioned you mentioned the grief. I um uh, was at a, attending a class this weekend and some on uh, restorative justice and healing circles. Wonderful. Um, and uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll have somebody that's going to be talking about that. Um, but I tell you, I got in touch with something and it's so amazing about these parts that you don't know <laughs> that they exist until you allow them to present themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I got in touch with, As much work as I'm doing about race and racism and helping people on community and corporations uh, talk about how do you talk, how do you listen, how do you engage about it, how you take care of yourself and all that, what I had not done was get in touch with my grief. Yes, yes. I
1: had
0: not even... Mm -hmm thought about grief, I thought about yeah. anger, I thought right. about hopelessness, right. I thought about hopefulness, I mm-hmm. thought about you know I've seen there's good that's coming out of this i'd got seen all of those things, but I had not seen that there was grief in there that was just. Yes. Unattended to, unacknowledged, unvalidated.
1: Right. Yes. Not
0: because I'm mean or anything. I just hadn't slowed right. down enough. There were no triggers. And the instructor mm-hmm. brought out a rain stick um, that, you know, is an African and other indigenous people have them. There's uh, things inside this hollowed yeah, out I heard them. or whatever. Yeah. And so when the woman brought it out, And I heard, I don't even know what's inside it. Sometimes it's thistles, sometimes it's buckwheat, whatever. But when she turned it over and it started making that noise, honest to goodness, Madeline, every drop of blood, drop of water that's in me that's African, felt the grief from before slavery. Yes. And I started crying and, honey, I just I just held that part. Yes. I held that part and just said, you know, I love you and do what you need to do. Your yes. life has earned your right to every tear.
1: That's and right. It
0: was it was so wonderful. I was able to do that because I know about IFS.
1: Right. And you're also bringing up another, another- good, uh, good uh, part of IFS is that we also can unburden legacy burdens. So when we have a part that's connected to whole legacies, like your grief connected to your ancestors back and back and back. So there's wonderful ways we have to also release those kinds of burdens. And when I, am an assistant trainer for the IFS community and I'm doing, we're doing them online now, obviously, but I was just assistant training for an Orthodox Jewish population in Brooklyn, New York, all therapists, Mm -hmm. lovely, lovely community. I had to learn, had to, you know, learn about what I can wear and just to be respectful of the community. But there was a point at which we were working with legacy burdens and just having each of them just name what, how they each held some of that from their uh, history and culture from back from their ancestors, their family. And it was, and I read them, they were using the chat on zoom. And Mm -hmm. I literally read what each person was typing. And I felt the privilege and the power of what all we are holding in our collective. Mm -hmm. And even though I am not Jewish, I Mm -hmm. felt, so privileged mm-hmm. to hold that container. So hearing your story of what you could feel that you could feel the ancestors mm-hmm. in your blood, in your mm-hmm. DNA yes. and to be able to be with the part of us that carries and is connected to that. It's, it's oh. an incredible work. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that. What a good, thank you so
0: much. I, of course, I didn't know I was going to talk about that, but <laughs> what a good point, because as we're going through so much, I think sometimes People look at I know sometimes people look at you and they say, We well, haven't experienced that.
1: Right. But we
0: don't realize because honestly, every as I said, every drop of blood, every drop of water that's in my system cried out mm, that's from right. way beyond this life.
1: Yes. Um, yes.
0: To every person that has you know had roots in Africa. Yeah, And it was so interesting because I celebrate, you know, different parts of my ethnicity, you know, I mm-hmm. European stuff in me and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was specifically that African lineage, that African blood that just needed to cry.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, wow. Mm. Thank, you. Thank you. And the mm. privilege of holding the space yes. for each I other. Feel. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, I feel mm. that. That's delicious.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. It fits right in. <laughs> it's a horrible
0: thing, but isn't it delicious though? Wow. Yeah. What do? What else do we need to know about IFS? Because we're getting ready to start winding down. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's
1: a couple things that are different. I think I wanted people to know the difference between what I see this model and other models and the role of the therapist. So the first thing I'll say is the role of the therapist. I always knew that I had a great capacity to be a therapist, given that I, what my childhood was like and I was a helper. But I knew that if I was going to do traditional therapy and be the expert and, and like almost like, you know, hold people up, I, I would never be able to do it. I just would die. I knew it. Yeah. But then when I started doing IFS as a client, I, I went to I actually saw Dick Schwartz for about a year as my therapist 22 years ago. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I can do that work because that work is about guiding someone to their own inner expert, their self. Yeah. And so the difference between this model and that model is that their relationship is between their self and their parts. It's, even though the relationship between us is lovely and I'm privileged to know them and they get support from me, but it's really about the internal relationship. It's about the family being harmonious internally. And that's such a, weight off of therapists like I don't have to be the shining expert and in fact I can have my own parts and I can walk my talk with them mm. so one of my favorite moments Gloria is I was with the client I'd worked with for a long time and she she had a really angry part that was really kind of being a bit uh provocative And so I had a part that was definitely wanting to like damp that part down. So I said something kind of diplomatic. It was definitely a part. It was like, do you think that part might be able to kind of step back a little bit before we, you know, so we can do our work right now. And she looked me dead in the eye, Gloria. And she said, my part will, if yours will. Oh, (laughs) and that was such a great moment because absolutely. And I took a pause. And I said, gosh, thank you. That part of me is getting a little uppity, isn't it? And that's because anger was not okay in my family. And that part was getting a little nervous. And I'm going to have it step back because you know what? I want to welcome that part of you. And thank you. Now, when do you get to do that in traditional therapy? You have to be, you know, so that was, it's a wonderful relief to be able to be self-led as a therapist and help other people to do the same. And as you say, Dick wants to send that around the world as a way to live, not just a model of therapy.
0: So how do people find out how to do this? Because what I'm thinking now is, wouldn't it be wonderful if... I'm, I'm, I'm today, I'm talking about people who are just having children for the first time. Wouldn't it be wonderful if part of the introduction to be the best parent you can be would be that you would go through a certification in IFS? Yeah. So you wouldn't be messing up your children so much. How can <laughs> people find out about IFS, either to be uh, someone who's benefiting from it as a client? or to be someone who is using this process to help others.
1: Absolutely. It's a wonderful question. So um, I'm sure you'll put that on your website for them, but I will just say that ifs-institute.com is where all the goods are. They have not only trainings for people that are therapists or coaches or practitioners that want to use the model with other people professionally, but there's also uh, some online forums, something called the online circle, the continuity circle, where you're actually getting speakers And it's like a week or some regular frequency where you're learning some concepts Mm -hmm. and it's not getting certified for uh, you know, as a, as a training, but it is absolutely learning more about how to use the model in everyday life, how to work with it. So they have wonderful resources on that website. They also have a bookstore. So there are some books that have self-led parenting. Mm. There are, resources about this very thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It works Mm -hmm. wonderfully well to help parents understand what parts of them might be getting in their own way uh, and keeping that open heart and that self-leadership with their child. And again, this is a non-pathologizing model. That was Mm -hmm. the other thing I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. It looks at any behavior, as aberrant as it might seem, that every single behavior is, there's a positive intention behind it. So, wow. Wow. and wow. that's a remarkable thing, right? Yes, so when people, the relief that people can feel when they have a raging part that everybody in the world says, you know, what is wrong with you? Yeah. But if we can get to know that part and find out what little exile it's protecting, why mm-hmm. does it feel like it has to get so rageful? -hmm. One of the things we'll say to a big protector, I call it a super protector, is I'll say, What is that part afraid will happen if it doesn't do this job? What is it afraid will happen? And the other question is, What does it want for you? Mm -hmm. By doing what it's doing, what does it want for you? And you're going to get some remarkable answers. And none of them are mean and terrible. The strategy might be mean and terrible, Mm -hmm. but the intention. Always good.
0: Um, One of the questions, because I do energy work, talk about energy. One of the questions that I will sometimes ask people is to uh, ask them what message of love does that part have for you?
1: Yes, yeah. And
0: after I ask that question, Madeline, Uh there's a softening. First, there's a what? First, there's (laughs) there's a like what? What message of what? And then it's like a softening begins. You can see it, you can feel it.
1: And that's the shift you asked about earlier. That's what it looks like. So you see it too, right? Like, wow, you see me. You somebody's finally getting that I'm not a terrible part. Yeah, oh I'm just God. right. Yeah, and that's mm. it feels seen. It can relax. It can tell you what it's really up to, what it really wants. Oh. So Madeline,
0: Madeline 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 <laughs> the work that you're doing has always been important has always been important will always be important because it's helping human beings really see themselves I say through the eyes of love but honey right along through in here where there's so much heightened ugliness that's going on uh and the way that we address each other and ourselves mm. sometimes so ugly I want to thank you so much on behalf of those people that you're doing work with directly and indirectly. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Gloria. It was such a privilege. I enjoyed it very much.
0: (laughs) I I, I want you to know I'll be glad when we can get together because you know what? There's a hug in your future if you want one. (laughs)
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Okay. So I'm speaking to all the managers out there, the parts of you that want to get things done and to do tasks and all the firefighters or the soothers, those parts of you that say, you know what? Enough is just enough. I need to take a break. I need to go to a movie. I need to have some fun for all this work that I'm doing. And I'm speaking to the exiles, those parts of yourself and ourselves that are damaged when we are children. And those parts show up and impact and influence how we see the world, how we decide what we're going to do. It even impacts how we interact with our own children. That's a lot to think about, y'all. But you know what? I am convinced that if we look at these things and keep looking at what we do, and we look for the loving intention behind these things. It, it, it really is about acknowledging and loving ourselves. Listen to the self-talk that we are perpetuating this on a loop. So let's listen to that. Listen at the things we're saying to others, how we're agitated. The things that take us to depths of positivity that we never knew were there, maybe. Looking at all of it with love. Is there any doubt in your mind that love is the answer? I mean, not for me. All right. So whether you believe that or not, I want you to know, guess what? There's a hug in your future if you want one. You can always get it from me. Bye-bye.